0: Welcome to our show. Money Matters Today has a particularly interesting program ready for you. I'm Patricia Dunn of Merrill Lynch Wealth Management, locally here in West Conshohocken. My co-host today is Ken Jordan from Freedom Mortgage. And our guest today, our very special guest, is Maria Maciacini. She goes by Maria M., Uh, And she has some very interesting things to share with us regarding some potential breakthroughs for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. But as in the past, I'm going to start today with a little bit of a story, Uh, a tip, if you will. Recently, I was approached in the grocery store by an acquaintance who said to me, Pat, I know you're an expert in financial matters. Can I run something by you? And I said, sure. She said, my 36-year-old son has been laid off from work, and he has a $3,600 401k, and I've told him he should put that right into a Roth account, and I just wanted to run it by you to make sure I was giving him good advice. So I said, well, tell me a little bit about your son. Does he live at home? Is he married? You know, what's the situation? He says, oh, he has a fiance, he has a home, and he has a child. I said, okay, $3,600 is not a lot of money. How is he fit for emergency money? Does he need it to pay the mortgage? Oh, no, she said. They have very good savings. The fiance is gainfully employed. There's no concerns about emergency money. So I said, fine. With that aside, your advice is good. But it's not go right from the 401k to the Roth there are steps involved. Let me ask you this. Where do you want this Roth account to be held? She said our local bank, People's Bank. I said, Okay, I'm not real familiar with People's Bank, but do they offer Roth and IRA accounts? Yes, she said they did. I said, Do they do more than offer certificates of deposit? Do they actually offer investment choices? Yes, they do. Okay, first thing your son needs to do is go right into people's bank and sit down with the customer service rep and tell him he's been laid off and he wants to do an IRA rollover. Terminology here is important. He will do a rollover and then he will do a conversion to a Roth, but let's take this one step at a time. The customer service rep should be a licensed individual and will clearly understand that he needs to get an account number. He needs to open up an IRA account and get that account number. With that number, he goes back to his employer and says, how do I get in touch with the custodian for the company's 401k? He'll probably give him a phone number. He'll call the custodian and the custodian will probably walk them through their website and help them do the rollover. He has to tell him the money's going to People's Bank and that he has the account number. Now, the custodian in all likelihood will refuse, and that's not unusual, to send the check directly to People's Bank. They will insist on sending it to your son, and that's fine, but be careful. Make sure that the check when it arrives is made payable to People's Bank For the benefit of your son, IRA. If he gets the check and his name only is on it, he is not to cash it. He is not to endorse it. He is to call the custodian right back and say, I'm refusing this check. I'm sending it back to you. Please reissue it properly. The the check is to be made payable, payable to people's bank for the benefit of his name, IRA. I say that because that happens, unfortunately, too often. Once he gets the check properly written out, he takes it right down to people's bank, deposits it in his IRA rollover account. It is not an IRA transfer. Terminology here is very important. And then he talks to the customer service rep and says, "Okay, now I have an IRA rollover account. And I want to convert it to a Roth and they'll open up a Roth account and move the money from the IRA to the Roth. Once it's in the Roth, then he will discuss investment choices with the customer service rep. Now, given that he is 36 years old, he will pay ordinary income on this conversion, but not till next tax season which shouldn't upset his tax bracket but if he's diligent and makes contributions to this Roth account think what this account could be worth in 30 years when he's 66 it could be quite the large nest egg of tax-free money we all want tax-free money so mom you gave excellent advice now In the past, I've talked a number of times about the four different levels of service in the financial services industry. And I'd like to point out that this particular story lends itself very well to that third level generic advice, where the emphasis is on the portfolio. As you know, I belong up in the Fourth one, personalized advice where people are concerned about net worth. That's where I fit. So it people are surprised when I'll answer a question that has nothing to do with my level of business. After 45 years I can point people in the right direction and I'm happy to answer any question. But the generic advice as I've shared with you is the financial services industries answer or equivalent, if you will, to like the CVS Minute clinic. You've seen ads on TV for the dedicated advisor. And just like the nurse practitioner in the CVS Minute clinic, the dedicated advisor takes all comers, typically they're handling between 500 and 1,000 clients. They can open the account for you right there and answer all of your generic questions. So this type of story belongs at that level. Now, I'd like to turn this over to my co-host, Ken Jordan, who I'm sure has some interesting tips as well in the current environment that we're in, where, as we were discussing, real estate's a hot commodity right now. So, Ken, would you share with us some thoughts?
1: Sure, sure. It's good to see you, Pat. Thank you very much. Uh, it was a great story, and uh, I really felt like that was uh, that's good advice. I find myself in that place oftentimes as well. You know, it's it's okay to to be able to uh, to offer the generic advice. You know, because people are going to consider you an expert in 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 your field, and it's not always about uh, you know um, you know closing a transaction. It's about being available as a resource. So I thought that was a really cool story. Um, yeah, you and I were talking the other day about the real estate market, and I think it's an interesting—it's an interesting time. You know, real estate is still very much—you um, uh, know—very much alive. There's there's very low inventory that hasn't changed, and in 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 a majority of the price points, what that does is it's continuing to drive up uh, values and increase equity for those that already own homes, which is a nice thing. Um, so, you know, the increased equity, the low interest rates, the high demand for properties and the low inventory really is, uh, it's, it's, it's a fine mix for, for, for a, uh, for, for a booming market.
0: All right. Well, have you got a minute for the viewer question?
1: I sure do.
0: All right. Well, we have, um, Roger from Roger Lang from Westchester who wants to know, has anything changed for the self-employed borrower during the pandemic? Good question.
1: That's a great question, Roger. And and yes, a lot has changed for self-employed borrowers in in the pandemic. You know, we look at three areas of risk, primary areas of risk when we underwrite a file. The first is, of course, credit. You know, credit score requirements uh, are, are 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 rigid in in some cases, and we really want to make sure that the borrowers have a a a history of of managing their debt appropriately. The second thing we look at is income. And this is is an area where self-employed borrowers are going to be asked to do a little more work. Uh, In the past, we would average out tax returns uh, typically to determine a borrower's income. But now uh, underwriters are looking for uh, more substantial uh, documentation with regard to how well the borrower, self-employed borrower, is making out through the pandemic. We know that the um, the shutdowns uh, have impacted a lot of industries, uh, not the least of which the service industries and the hospitality industries. The um, so so self-employed borrowers are being asked to provide. Up to date, year to date profit and loss statements, because the underwriters want to see that the income through 2020 is online with what it it, it would have been in 2019 and 2018, and that's that's kind of a new uh, a new process. And typically, they want the the uh, the PNL to be dated within 30 days of closing. So you might have to create a PNL at application, and you may even need to generate a new one just prior to settlement. Um, and then also bank statements. Uh, they're going to want to see business bank statements and they're going to want to see deposits that are in line with uh, with the P&L uh, to really support that that the if the business was impacted, that it wasn't impacted in such a way that it's going to prevent the borrower from being able to meet their obligations on the mortgage. Wow,
0: that's a that's interesting mm-hmm. um, changes here. Well, if our viewers would like to have your answer, your questions answered on Money Matters TV, here's where you send them.
1: You can have your questions answered on Money Matters. Please go to our website money-matters-tv.com. On our homepage, click on the banner on the right that says Send Us Your Questions. While you're on our website, you can find information about our hosts and guests, as well as show notes and links about this show and past shows. Money Matters is also available as a podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, so you can listen to Money Matters while you're on the go. That website address, again, is money, M-O-N-E-Y, matters, M-A-T-T-E-R-S,
0: Okay, welcome back. Now we're turning our program over to our special guest today, Maria Maciacchini, otherwise known as Maria M from Ananovus Bio. Welcome, Maria.
2: Thank you so much for having me and good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. Well, why don't you tell our viewers a little bit about your own background and Ananovis Bio's background.
2: So I'm a scientist. I know COs are not supposed to be scientists. Too bad, I'm a scientist. I've worked in the brain for over 30 years. And in the last 30 years, the brain has gone from a totally black box to a grayish box. So slowly, we do understand. That also means that we can actually come up with ways to treat diseases that 10, 20 years ago were not treatable. So my background is I studied forever. I got a job in large pharma, went to small pharma. And then in 91, I started my first company. My first company was working with the brain. It was actually working on stroke. And eventually in 2001, we sold it as a genomics company because genomics was really hot. And so it sold really well. Then I became an angel investor and kept going to neuroscience meetings because I'm interested in the brain and ran into some scientists that were looking at the brain differently. So in 2009, I started the Novus Bio. We are looking at the brain differently. We are looking at neurodegeneration and we are having a new approach to treat neurodegeneration.
1: Maria, one of the things that you had mentioned was Alzheimer's and, um, you know, we had talked about it. What, what have been, um, or, or more the point, why have there been so many failures when it comes to Alzheimer's drugs?
2: Well, the reason is actually quite simple, but hindsight is always twenty twenty. For the last 20 years, pharma has focused on plaque. In fact, most people I ever talked to will say Alzheimer's is plaque. Well, unfortunately, it's not. Alzheimer has plaque, but it is not caused by plaque. And therefore, for the last 20 years, by focusing on plaque, all we have done is bark up the wrong tree. And unfortunately, we have actually spent $40 billion and conducted 536 failed studies, all targeting on plaque. So what we do instead, we totally shifted our approach. We are working with the information highway of the brain and the nerve cell. And it's kind of intuitively logical that your brain processes information. And the information has to go from here to here because if it doesn't, you have no information, your body doesn't work, you don't hear, you don't see, you cannot communicate. It also has to go from here to here because you communicate. And so if that information highway is slowed, the nerve cells get sick and eventually they die. And what our drug does, it improves the information highway. Can you give us a little more
0: about that? Because clearly this is a treatment that's quite different from other approaches. Uh, Maybe, though, not scientific, maybe for uh, everyday people like me and Ken?
2: (laughs) Well, in the last 10 years, as I was saying, the brain has gotten grayer and grayer. People started looking what causes nerve cells to die. And they found that every nerve cell that is injured, that is sick, the first thing that happens, it's information, information flow slows. And when the information flow slows, what happens is the cell looks sick. Whenever a cell in your body looks sick, and that could be the brain or it could be the body, the immune system attacks it. And when the immune system attacks us, the nerve cell dies. And one of the things that seem obvious once you know it is that every time nerve cells die, you lose the functions associated with these nerve cells. So if none of your nerve cells die, you don't lose any function. And that could be anywhere. It could be in your thinking. It could be in your movement. It could be in your seeing. Wherever you have nerve cells, if they die, you're going to lose that function.
0: Ah.
1: So you're working, Maria, on a particular drug um, that you that, that has entered certain phases. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: So we have three drugs, but mostly I'm gonna talk just about the most advanced one. AMS 401 went through over 120 people to show safety. That's the most important part. Now realistically, that's also done a ton of safety in rats and dogs and mice, but the FDA does want you to do safety in humans. And then we did five mildly cognitive impaired patients just to prove the concept. And now we are in three phase two studies one in early Alzheimer patients, one in moderate Alzheimer patients, and one in early to moderate Parkinson's patients. And these three studies will tell us if the drug reverses the toxic cascade that leads to nerve cell death, starting with the information highway, and if they will tell us if it actually improves cognition in Alzheimer's and functions in Parkinson's.
0: That sounds so very exciting. So basically you're trying to heal damaged cells, if I understood that right. That is correct, yes. What what do you hope in the way of milestones to hit in the next 12 months?
2: So the very first milestone I promised all our investors because people would like the stock to go up is that Early next year, we will finish the first part of the Alzheimer's and the Parkinson's study. It is a 68-patient study, and the first half of the study will be done in January. We will release data in this in uh, February or March. And that really will show if the drug works.
0: Now, tell us what year, because people could be re-u-calling uh, this particular show 18 months or two years from now. So... When you say January and other times, of what year?
2: Thank you very much, Patricia, for asking. We are talking about in, few, in a few months in January of 2021.
1: Wonderful. So, Maria, what, what would you say is the essential? You talked about your stockholders. Um, and, and what would you say is your essential value proposition for any investor who's considering, you know, investing or owning your stock?
2: Compared to other companies in phase two, we are hugely undervalued. Most of that is because we never had any news releases, we were not public, and because it's a novel approach to Alzheimer's disease. And novel approaches were shunned as long as plaque was the big thing to get rid of. So compared to, we are, low. which means that once we have the data from the Alzheimer's and the Parkinson's study, there will be an enormous inflection point in our valuation and our stock price. Now, to me, it is enormously important to show that we have data in Alzheimer's and in Parkinson's patients. The reason for that is nerve cells die the same way. The information highway slows down the same way It doesn't matter if it's Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Down syndrome, or Huntington's. And so if we can show that we restore the information highway and we restore cognition and function in Alzheimer's and in Parkinson's patients, we will be the first company ever to show any efficacy in either disease, let alone in both diseases.
0: That is incredible. Now, As a wealth management advisor for Merrill Lynch, I am not endorsing or recommending anything here. I want to make this perfectly clear. But from our viewers' perspective, Maria, would you share with us what the ticker symbol is for your stock, what research firms cover your stock, and what research firms say is the target price? Yes.
2: So we are covered by so far by two investment bankers, two analysts. One is Think Equity. They give us a target price of $20 once the data comes out. The other is Maxim with a target price of $12 once the data comes out. We are working on five other analysts that slowly are getting interested because if the data comes out, or I should say when the data comes out, and the stock goes up tenfold, that will be an amazing achievement. And what is that's the, the symbol Sorry, yes, it's a n v s for a novice bio. A n v s,
0: all right. So that's an over the counter stock. A n v s. Now, our viewers are probably wondering about toxicology, and safety. Would you share some thoughts on that?
2: Yes, absolutely. I'm very proud to say that our drug so far has been extremely safe. And as you may have just learned today, the COVID vaccine actually starts to have some side effects that nobody knew of, and they're coming out because once you submit to the FDA, you cannot hide them. So the good news is when you're not on a fast track like COVID, you have to do a lot of safety. So to give you an an idea, you first do one week in mice, rats, and dogs. Then you do a month in mice, rats, and dogs. Then you do a week in humans. And then you do a month in humans. And then right now we finished six months in rats and nine months in dogs at doses that are between 10 and 16 times higher than what is efficacious from animal data in efficacy. So these doses are really high. And what we found is that the drug is really safe, up to 16 fold the efficacious dose. So, as I said, the good news about Fast Track, you get your drug out fast, but then maybe not so good news is you have much less safety data. We have a ton of safety data. I'm very proud of that.
1: Oh, That's wonderful. That's wonderful, Maria, I may have missed this, but when did you expect to be in phase three?
2: No, I don't think we got to that. So we are expecting preliminary data on our two phase two studies in January, uh, February. We will get the total data from the Alzheimer and Parkinson study in June. And then we'll go to the FDA with all our safety data with the two phase two studies And we hope to be in phase three for Alzheimer's and for Parkinson's disease later in the year. By the way, that means we have to raise more money. So as soon as we have the phase two data, we're going to back to raise money for the phase three data.
0: I was going to ask you that. When do you think you'll need to raise more money?
2: Well, if we do nothing, we have money but the minute we want to do phase three studies we will have to raise the money before we go into phase three so that will be sometimes in late spring summer of 2021 2021 yes thank you
1: who are some who are some of the key players on your board of directors
2: so the board of directors has two bankers michael hoffman has, act, has been in a, in a fund for alternative energy that is 30 billion. He is a partner there. Um, Bob Wellen was with Hamburg and Quist. He sold his company a long time ago. And then we have a person, Claudine Brock from Smith She is our scientist. And Mark White from Pfizer. He is our marketing person uh we may be expanding the board with two additional people as soon as we have the next round of financing
0: all right well what kind of uh, collaborations and partnerships do you currently have
2: so we do not have animal labs which means we and also we do not do human studies so we don't do animals and we do not do human studies In order for us to be credible and to have data that everybody believes, we collaborated on Alzheimer animals with Columbia. Alzheimer animals fully recovered their function. We collaborated for Parkinson's animals with UCSF, for uh, for traumatic brain injury animals with UCLA, for Down syndrome animals with UCSD, Then for mechanism with Mass General and the Max Planck Institute. So basically, most of our research was done in very prestigious labs. And that is very important because my name is not Eli Lilly and it is not Biogen, I'm just Maria. And so it is very, very important that I surround myself with data that is not just a little credible, but very, very credible. We also have collaborations obviously with labs that do clinical studies. One of them is the NIA and ADCS and the other is Paraxel.
0: That's incredible. And uh, I never knew we had down syndrome animals. Uh, That's new to me. And having had a dog that was uh, suffered from dementia many years ago, uh, it's kind of exciting to think that this might go beyond humans and ultimately enter veterinary medicine as well. This is quite exciting. Uh, Maria, we we covered a lot today. It was absolutely fascinating. I think we're going to have to have you back another time, particularly after we finished phase three, because our viewers will definitely want to know um, when they might be able to be able to help those that they love, their loved ones. Well, now, our next guest that uh, will be with us here on Money Matters TV is named Bill Hanley. And Bill is the president of Allied Pixel, which is located locally here in Media, Pennsylvania. Now, Media Pixel uh, helps businesses to be able to verbalize their vision and attract customers and actually grow the business. And doing the business and growing the business and attracting the business uh, future customers to the business are three very different aspects to business. And it sounds like Bill Haley has some really good words of wisdom for us. So be sure to tune in our next show with Bill Haley from Allied Pixel. And as always, uh, my co-host Ken Jordan and myself, Pat Dunn from Merrill Lynch, we thank you for watching our show and know that your money matters.